Welcome to the Cafe Binge Podcast. You guys, it feels like it's been a hot minute since I recorded anything. I know it hasn't even been that long, but it's felt like a long time. For the past couple weeks, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen all of my complaints, me crying in bed, just being a big baby about the little surgery that I had done. But yeah, for the past couple weeks, I was in Reno, Nevada, getting surgery done and then spending those, you know, 12 days or whatever recovering. And um, I went there because we have a family friend there. My in-laws live in Reno and we have a family friend who is an ENT doctor um, who did the surgery and I had my tonsils removed just because of chronic inflammation and infection. And I also had my nose worked on. Um, so I would be able to breathe better. So I'd be able to finally, for the first time in my whole life, breathe through my left nostril. You guys, I broke my nose as a little kid falling off a bunk bed, which broke my nose, got a concussion, broke my clavicle, and then I grew up into Big Amy, and my left side was completely pinched off. I did, I had like 5% breathing out of my left side, which made it really annoying when I was sleeping, trying to breathe, and anytime I was working out, trying to get enough oxygen. So I had both of those fixed. And oh boy, was the surgery and recovery a freaking joke. You guys, it wrecked me. I had never had surgery before and I didn't really know what to expect going into it. So I wasn't really afraid. Even though people had told me that getting your tonsils out as an adult is the worst surgery you can do because I'm in my late 20s and I've heard of doctors that won't even do the procedure on someone past the age of 30 because the recovery is a beast and it totally, totally was. So combining that with my nose, having like the splints in my nose and the cast and not being able to breathe through my nose. So I was doing a lot of like heavy mouth breathing, which was drying out my freshly cut tonsils or the holes where the tonsils used to be. It was, it was quite the experience. Um, very humbling, I should say. In hindsight, I probably would never do the two together like that. But I mean, I was going to be in pain. I was going to be on pain meds. I was going to be on an antibiotic, which was the thing I was the, I was so afraid of being on pain meds and being on an antibiotic because I hate medicine. I hate taking any kind of medicine. I don't even take Advil when I have a headache or cramps. Like I never take any type of medicine. I take like herbal supplements all of the time. So the antibiotic and the pain meds is what I feared the most. And so I tried to take as little pain med as I could, which ended up not working because I had never been in so much pain in my entire life. Um, and then just prepping my system for the antibiotic because they can just wreck you and then getting um, good probiotic and biofermented foods after. It was just, it was a freaking process. 
if you get your tonsils out, know this, you can't eat. Like you literally can't eat. On days like six, seven, eight post-surgery, I couldn't even drink water. Like you can't, you can't even eat ice, like (laughs) let alone food, let alone like juices and popsicles. So anyways, I digress. In hindsight, I wouldn't want to do them both again, but I was already going to be in pain. I was already going to have to do the pills and everything. So I just thought, why not do both at once? I need both of them done. Just like one fell swoop, be in pain for a while, get it over with. Um, And I mean, the first few days of getting your nose worked on are the absolute worst. Like, so in pain and your throat kills after a tonsillectomy but days like six seven eight nine ten as the scabs are falling off are the worst part of that whole journey and so because of that I could kind of like teeter-totter on which one was giving me the most grief um so throughout the day I'd be like my nose and then an hour later it'd be my throat bugging me so they both kind of distracted me from the other um but thank goodness freaking thank goodness it's over my nose is still swollen and bruised um I kind of thought it would look a little different than my previous nose um but I don't think it does very much but I can breathe so well and that's beautiful that's what I wanted um and then my throat is still it's probably like 70% healed and so if I sound a little different as I'm talking it's because my throat is killing and my nose is healing so maybe I sound a little nasally I don't know but yeah while I was in Reno I naively thought that I could record a podcast I brought like all my equipment with me I had even appointments set up to record podcasts with people like a gosh Bless my heart. Bless Amy's heart for thinking that I was going to do that. Um, Instead, I spent basically 24 hours a day in bed watching reruns of all of my favorite 90s sitcoms. So yeah, I'm back in Utah. I'm so happy, like so happy to be recording and healing and just allowing my body to have a couple weeks off to heal. Sometimes I think when our bodies break down like that, I mean, I had surgery, but even when we're sick or when something happens, I feel like it's our body's way of letting our spirit kind of take over, right? Like when our spirit needs a break, our body will break down. So I've just... As much as I hated it, I loved the process of gently healing and just like being there for my body and letting it get all of the rest it needed. And also be okay with asking for help. I feel like that's something that I struggle with a lot. So to be in this very vulnerable position where I'd be waking up like five times a night, especially during those days where my tonsil scabs were falling off I'd wake up in the night just shaking and crying like this I've never felt pain like this before and like I said I I feel like I'm acting like such a baby about this because I normally have a very high pain tolerance but I just wake up crying and shaking and 
would wake up my husband and he'd come help me or my mother-in-law was helping me. People were drawing me baths and filling up my ice packs and running to the store to get me a smoothie or popsicles or trying to find something I could eat. And it was just a beautiful process of allowing people to help. And I think that's important to learn to be okay with that and to not have to do everything on our own and to be okay with not being okay. So all in all, it was a great experience and I'm happy to be back today with a solo episode for you all. And this is one that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, just a Q&A. Like I get so many DMs. I, I hate when people say that. I get so many DMs. But I get a lot of DMs just asking me beauty questions all of the time because that's what my background is in, is in aesthetics. I was in the beauty industry, am in the beauty industry for like a decade. So that's what Cafe Binge was kind of founded on. So I get lots of beauty questions. And so I wanted to do a just kind of like live Q&A. I put out a poll um, the other day asking you guys what your beauty questions were and I got loads of questions coming in. So I've read through a few of them, but I think I'm just going to pick up my phone and see how many of these we can get through. And real quick, I'm sure I'll be recommending products I love. So just know I will put links to all of them in the show notes. And hopefully if you submitted a question, I answer it. And if not, maybe we'll do another one of these. I think it's so fun to do solo episodes. I've had a lot of interviews lately, which I love. And I have a lot more interviews coming. I have kind of a little stockpile built up of interviews that I've done that I'm just waiting to release, but solo episodes are fun. So here we go. Let's get into the beauty Q&A. Okay, first question is by, actually, you know what? I am not going to say the Instagram handles just because, you know, privacy and I kind of think if I were submitting a question I don't think I'd want my name read so first question hair supplements for growth and health okay so I love moon juice I love everything moon juice but I love their super hair that is what the supplement is called super hair I love it because moon juice is all about adaptogens adaptogenic blends and adaptogens are what help your body with stress. It helps to balance stress, balance the stress hormones. And I feel like so often with hormones being out of balance and hair shedding like crazy, I think it's stress. I think we live in a majorly stressed out, whacked out world that's like hustle, go, go, go. And we're stressed beyond belief. So that's why we meditate, that's why we rest, and that's why I take adaptogens. I love super hair. Um, On top of that, I also love taking nettles and other B vitamins. I love nettles. So I take a nettle um, capsule form, but I also make nettle infusions. Like I drink nettle tea every morning. I love that. Um, I'm a big fan of the medical medium and his formula for hair growth for healthy hair is taking zinc, nettles, and lemon balm. So check out his book, his podcast, his YouTube probably. 
um, because I take all of those um, lemon balm zinc I think a lot of us are very low in zinc but you have to get the right blend so check out his information for that but yeah also just getting enough healthy fat I truly believe like food is your medicine medicine is your food so eating enough healthy fat like I love fat in my diet I love good healthy fats I love avocado I love olive oil I love nuts I love coconut oil Um, So yeah, just making sure you're getting enough healthy fat is another key ingredient. Also just like enough calories because I think we live in an era of people being afraid of food and dieting a lot and intermittent fasting maybe, just like not eating enough food to each their own. But if you're not eating enough food, if you're not eating enough of the right kinds of food your diet is going to suffer which means your hair is going to suffer because your body is going to protect its vital organs before it protects your hair so your hair is going to shed because your body just can't take care of it next question what's your experience from laser hair removal tips tricks okay so i worked at a laser hair removal clinic or medical spa back in the day for a few years and my experience is this technology is always getting better so the lasers we used back then aren't going to be as good as the lasers they're using today um I think that you're always going to need more treatments than you think you need it hurts a lot to get laser hair removal done especially if you have a lot of hair, especially if it's on the bikini area or the Brazilian area, um, I'd say if you want to try laser hair removal, go to like a really reputable place, look at reviews because a lot of times those budget laser places, they buy old lasers from really good medical spas, like used lasers. And that is what they are using on you. Like if you go in, and I'm not saying like this isn't a hard rule, but for like all of the group bones and everything like that, if the deal sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, Another tip is that I think laser hair removal works really good on people with lighter skin and darker hair because the laser picks up on pigment in the skin and so if you are if you have darker skin if you are higher on the Fitzpatrick scale I don't think laser works as well um and a lot of times it can like burn you if your skin is too dark if you've been gone if you've gone tanning or even if you've had like sunless tanner on don't freaking get laser hair removal we'd have people come in all of the time and lie about it and end up burning so be honest with your esthetician. That's what I'll say about that. Um, but yeah, I think lasers are always getting better. So the laser hair removal that I had like years and years ago, I mean, the results last a little bit. Like the hair in my underarms and in my bikini area, it's really thin, but my hair is not completely gone. So yeah, that's what I'm going to say about that. Next question Um, recommendation on whether to use cream versus gel versus oil for face would be helpful. Okay, so 
If you have really dry skin, I say use a face oil plus a cream on top. If you have oily skin, use a gel-based or a water-based lotion so it's not going to be too heavy on you. Also, if you have more oily skin, um, and I talked about this in my podcast, dry skin versus dehydrated skin, but a lot of times people with oily skin, they still need water. So getting a water-based cream um, or water-based lotion, I should say, but also using hyaluronic acid, which is going to bring water to your skin, not oil. A lot of times people with dry skin, they lack oil and they lack water. You can have dry skin and dehydrated skin. So just figuring out what it is you're lacking in and then giving your skin what it needs. So for more information on that one, go back and listen to that podcast. Next question, primer or foundation that prevent makeup from separating later in the day? Um, Yeah, definitely use a primer, but I also think getting like the base of your skin right so if you have like dead excess skin on your face I don't think your makeup sits well so making exfoliation a very regular part of your skincare routine I think is key in makeup that looks really pretty and sits well um also if you have more oily patches on your skin the makeup's not going to sit well so it's honestly just finding the right makeup for your skin type Um, And also, yeah, using a primer. One of my favorite primers um, is the Too Faced, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a Too Faced hangover or something like that. And that works really well for my dry skin. But finding the right primer for your skin. And I I don't know, I feel like I can't just make like a blanket statement of what primer is going to work for everyone. Um, But yeah, using a primer and then letting the primer dry before adding a layer of makeup to your face. Um, I say just like let each layer of your of your makeup dry and set before you put on another one. And another little tip, which maybe totally contradicts what I said, is a lot of times I will mix in a primer with my foundation or BB cream, whatever I'm wearing, mix it in together and then apply it like that. Um, And to be quite honest, my makeup looks the very best when I use not a lot. When I use more makeup, it tends to not look as good. And it like pills or rolls or separates or creases more when you wear more. So yeah, I use as little as I can, which I think is just an argument for getting your skincare right, like getting your skin right and not having to wear as much makeup. Um, Not wearing as much, applying with a really damp beauty blender setting with a powder i love the jane iridell powder i love her press powder i was i think i've been using that one since aesthetic school um i know a lot of people love the lara mercier loose powder the translucent powder but yeah setting it really lightly with a powder is gonna also make it last a little longer on top of the powder i love setting it with a spray so i'll use i really like the cover effects um setting spray the dewy finish but i've been trying to transition my makeup and skincare to something more natural so i love the evan healy it's like a toner but it's the rose um, mist i can put the link for that in the show notes to get the name right but yeah just any type of like liquid setting spray sometimes i will use the caudalie one 
I love any type of like rose setting mist or coconut mist. So yeah, I'll put a few options in the show notes, but I have dry skin. I love using something really gentle and moisturizing and I feel like it does the same job as a setting spray. Next question, how do you moisturize combination skin? but not get oily. Again, using, that sounds like your skin is probably dehydrated and not lacking in oil, it's lacking in water. So finding a serum um, that has hyaluronic acid in it and then getting more of a gel-based or water-based cream. Next question, is at-home dermaplaning good? I got little bumps and massive zits after. Okay, so are you talking about like real dermaplaning, like taking a scalpel to your face? please bless it's not the scalpel that we're talking about like please bless if so don't do that at home or are you talking about using like the tinkle razors that get off all of the like peach fuzz and some of the excess skin i think you can do those at home um even if you're gonna like watch a youtube on how to dermaplane please don't take a scalpel to your skin even me as an esthetician who's been trained I wouldn't do that. I did do it one time and I got a freaking cut on my nose like three days before my wedding. Don't do it. Like, don't do it. Um, If you're breaking out after any dermaplaning or even after using like a little tinkle razor, you have to make sure that the surface area is clean and also the razor is clean, like the tinkle razor. So cleaning it in between each swipe and also replacing them very often. So for example, if I'm going to do a little bit of like at-home face shaving, I'm not going to call it dermaplaning because let's just not do that at home. But if I'm going to use a tinkle razor on my face, I make sure that the surface area, meaning my skin, is very clean. And then I will use like two razors for the entire face. Like I'm cleaning in between each swipe I am changing the razor so everything stays very clean so I'm not spreading bacteria. Um, And then also once I'm done, I cleanse my skin again with a very gentle cleanser. I always use like a really gentle milky cleanser, like a cleansing lotion because my skin is dry and I don't want to dry it out. And then after my skin is cleansed, I'll put on an occlusive product, which is a product that's that acts as a barrier, right? You want to keep all of that bacteria off of your skin. Like when you go to sleep at night and your pillowcase has bacteria on it or you're touching your skin or whatever, bacteria is everywhere. So post-shaving, I put on an occlusive product. For me, this means a almost like a petroleum jelly, except not. I love the brand Alba. Um, I think it's Alba Botanicals or something. Again, I'll put this in the show notes, but it's called Un-Petroleum Jelly because you're, I mean, Vaseline and petroleum jelly, it's like petrochemicals. So Un-Petroleum Jelly, or there's another product by Glymed. It's the Cell Protection Balm. And I will put that all over my face just because an occlusive product, it sits on the surface of the skin. Like a lot of times people will try to moisturize their lips with Vaseline, which isn't doing anything because Vaseline, it doesn't sink into the skin. It can't be absorbed because the cellular structure is too big. But it sits on top of the skin and it's a really good occlusive barrier. Is this making sense? 
So yeah, I'll put an occlusive product on my skin, which keeps the bacteria out. And then in the morning post shaving, I'll cleanse my skin and then making, I mean, if you can go like a day without wearing makeup, do that. Like don't put anything on your skin that's going to be too heavy. If you're going to wear makeup, make sure it's a very clean, non-comedogenic product, but also that your brushes are clean. I think far too often we are using dirty makeup brushes on our face that are holding a lot of old oils and dirt and old makeup and bacteria and then we're just spreading that around so like making sure your beauty blender is clean and replacing that often and then also that your makeup brushes are clean keep your pillowcase clean keep your hands off your face just minimize that bacteria also something that i love morning after shaving is using my ice roller on my face i know i've talked about my ice roller so many times but that's gonna help to kill bacteria bacteria loves warm moist dark environments so bringing ice to your skin bacteria can't live in cold environments so ice is a really good trick to kill bacteria so yeah i'll roll my face with my ice roller and yeah i've never had a bad breakout doing all of those things okay next question how to prevent bikini bumps Okay, so this, I feel like I'm going to say, and I'm going to have so many people disagreeing with me or saying it's like a terrible idea, but whatever, I'm going to say it. So there was this like little trick that we would use at a spa that I worked at. And of course we would ask the client if we could, but we would take after a bikini wax, um, we wouldn't get it too close to like the inside of the lips or on a Brazil. We were safe, but we would take a little bit of hand sanitizer on a cotton round and apply it to the area. I know it sounds very weird and very harsh. And like I said, like I'm very careful with like my vaginal health and everything like that. Like I use only specific products down there, but just on the surrounding skin, like on the bikini line, using an alcohol-based product you could just use like rubbing alcohol but for some reason we would use hand sanitizer and not a bump would form i'm not even kidding like no bumps no reaction so i know that that is seems weird and like something i wouldn't be into but um that's what worked and that's what we used and it's such a weird trick to and it seems really gross and harsh to put hand sanitizer down there but it worked um also like rubbing alcohol just something that's gonna kill the bacteria because that's what the bumps are like if it's an ingrown hair then yeah like the the hair is trying to get out but it can't a lot of times when you wax down there um the hairs become thinner like the more you pull them out the thinner they get and so sometimes those little baby hairs have a hard time breaking through the surface of the skin and in that case there are products that you can use that have a chemical in them like an AHA or a BHA and it's going to help to thin the skin there to exfoliate to be able to help that hair punch through but if it's like razor bumps or just like bacterial bumps because like the area down there yeah there's bacteria you're sitting on toilets like you're sweating down there so if that's the case then an alcohol-based product is honestly what I found to work the best hand sanitizer don't get it on the inside don't get it close to like your lady parts but on the skin I found that it works really well 
Next question is the little red bumps on the arms. How do you get rid of them? So I think you might be talking about keratosis pilaris. Is that what you're talking about? Um, Those little bumps on the arms. Some people get them like on their thighs or their knees. And basically what that is, is a little baby hair trapped. You know how I was saying ingrowns on the bikini area it's that little hair that's trapped on your arms same thing it's that little baby hair that can't break through the surface of the skin and I think we forget to exfoliate our whole body like we barely remember to exfoliate our faces but our whole body it's this huge organ that needs caring and protection for all of it So I love using exfoliating gloves. I'll put, I mean, you can find them anywhere. I'll put a couple that I like in the show notes or like an exfoliating towel, but just remembering to exfoliate your whole body, exfoliating your arms. And I love the towels and the gloves because then you can just throw them in the washing machine and you're not going to be harboring all this bacteria. Like I hate loofahs and those shower puffs just because you don't wash them i guess you wash them in the shower when you're washing your dirty body but then it just sits there moist warm in the shower in a dark room and like i said that's like a breeding ground for bacteria so i don't like those i don't like loofahs but i love things that you can wash you can throw them in the washing machine and then you can reuse them right so I'd say exfoliating with, an, with a glove or a towel. Try that. Try that a couple times a week and then always moisturize after. I love using body oils. There's a few that I love. Like I love the vitamin E oil from Trader Joe's. I love Jason's vitamin E oil or the almond oil. I can't remember. Um, I love Alba's Kakuina oil. There's so many options. Usually I'll go for just like a cleaner, less expensive option because... I've used expensive like designer oils before and they're not as clean and they don't last as long. Like I'm moisturizing my whole entire body and that takes a lot of product. So I just think get an option from like a health food store that's going to last longer and that's less expensive and that's cleaner. So yeah, exfoliate, moisturize, and then see how the KP that keratosis pilaris on your arms are doing. Next up, the question is best nude lip. So I I love a nude lip, you guys. I love a nude lip. And it's probably what I'm wearing 95% of the time. Like I have so many colors in my stash of makeup and I reach for a nude like every single time. I just love it. And the one that I use all of the time is made by mac it is a lipstick and it's called flesh pot flesh pot with an f that's kind of hard to say flesh pot and i always use a liner with it i will use mac um their plum liner or their strip down liner or i'll use the naked number two liner from urban decay there's a ton of liners there's one by nyx or nyx whatever you call it um and Like I've said earlier, I'm trying to like clean up my makeup routine with just greener, cleaner products, but lipstick is the one that like I haven't really transitioned yet. And it's because I love this lipstick so, so, so very much. So I'll use Fleshbot to like nude up any other color. Like if I put on another color and I don't love it, I'll put a little bit of flesh pot like right in the center and then just blend it out. And it's always perfect. It makes your lips look bigger and fuller. 
and I love it. But yeah, always use a liner with it or another color because I feel like on its own, it can be like a little scary, like concealer lips. But with something, it's totally beautiful and it's my most favorite and I've gone through tubes and tubes and tubes of this stuff. So yeah, please MAC, never discontinue it because I love it way too much. Next question, I have tiny whiteheads on my forehead that I can't pop. They're like tiny white balls. What are they? Okay, guys, those are little milia. Milia, M-I-L-I-A, milia. And people will get them like usually, I've always noticed it's like on the upper half of the face. So like forehead or around your eyes or like eyelids even. And they are, they're these little tiny, they look like whiteheads, they're not. Um, but you can't pop them and to actually extract them you need to go to a professional so make an appointment with an esthetician and they'll actually go in with like a razor sharp lancet and extract them i've done it for myself but like friends and family and when i did aesthetics i did it all the time but you need something that goes really deep but you need someone to extract it who knows what they're doing so you don't scar but yeah, Amelia, they're, it's basically just like a little clump of keratin. It's like this little baby cyst that sits on the surface of the skin. And so yeah, it needs to be extracted through like a very sharp um, lancet needle or like a dermatologist will do it with a scalpel or even lasers will take them off. And I've noticed also that people who tend to have them have maybe some rosacea or like dandruff or... Um, skin that's been compromised maybe by too much time in the sun but yeah I feel like there's always kind of a catalyst that causes Amelia and I it's pretty ambiguous though I feel like there's no way of really like preventing them sometimes it can be genetic but yeah there is a way to extract them so I would say visit a professional because you probably can't remove them on your own and maybe shouldn't because you know you might get some scarring going on if you just dig in there but yeah know that it's not a whitehead it's not going to pop the same way that a whitehead does so even like your extractor tool isn't going to do it seek out some professional help and you can totally get those removed next question in my late 20s what is the eye product i absolutely should be using so i think everyone whether you're 18 or 28 or 29 or 40 or 60 be using an eye cream and I guess the eye cream can be heavier or have different ingredients in it depending on how old you are or what you're wanting to focus on but that area around your eyes is the thinnest skin on the body. I remember my aesthetics instructor would always say that the only skin thinner than the area around your eyes is the skin on a man's penis but like that sorry maybe that's gross but it is so incredibly thin and delicate and fragile and we don't treat it that way. We're constantly like rubbing our eyes when they're itchy, when we have allergies or we're aggressively taking off our makeup, our mascara, our eyeliner, our eyeshadow with like a makeup wipe or a cotton round and not giving the under eye area the respect that it deserves because we're also, it's thin skin, it's drier skin. There's not a lot of fat cushion to protect it. And so, and also on top of that, we're also like squinting all of the time and laughing and doing things that normal human beings do. But because of that, give it moisture, give it love. Always apply your eye cream with your ring finger. Um, that's the finger that has like 
the least amount of like muscle control so it'll apply it lighter so I'll always take my eye cream and like tap it on my under eye area with my ring finger and then like lightly rub it in but always be using an eye cream like if you're 18 get on an eye cream like get a head start there's never an age that's too early to prevent unnecessary aging to the skin because I think a lot of times our skin looks older than it needs to look. I have no issue with aging. Like this isn't an ageism thing. This isn't like always wanting to look like we're 15, but I think there's so many people who are 50 that look 70 or people who are 25 that look 35 just from not taking care of their skin and eating way too many processed foods and loading up on caffeine and soda and doing things that are going to dehydrate and age your skin internally plus not taking the proper precautions with our external outer skincare so yeah use an eye cream um a few of my favorites one that was a favorite of mine for a long time was the Kiehl's Creamy Avocado Eye Cream just because I think for the price point it's a really good product it's not as expensive because I mean eye creams are expensive for a reason like you can find $500 eye creams because it's an area that is completely aging if your under eye area is looking like a little crepey or there's dried out or there's some wrinkles so people want to take good care of it but don't wait until the problem is I mean like problem I'm doing air quotes is too big that you're trying to like repair all the damage just prevent like prevent some of the damage from happening so yeah the kills creamy avocado was great for a long time um and recently as I've been you know changing out some of my products I really like the Alpen Beauty it's the plant genius line filling eye balm I really like that um, and I love Tata Harper. I think the products are always worth the price. The restorative eye cream I'm super crazy about. So those are a couple options that are a little cleaner, a lot cleaner. Um, and then one that's just like inexpensive and easy is just getting the Waletta Skin Food. You can get it at like health food stores. You can get it on Amazon. It's like $10 a tube. And it's this really, really, really thick consistency. It's really, really moisturizing and it's clean. Um, and so I'll take a little bit of that even on my little ring fingers, rub them together until the product kind of liquefies isn't the right word but until it thins out a lot just keep rubbing it and then pat that on your under eye area and that's killer like that's a game changer and it's very inexpensive so skincare doesn't need to be expensive you can still take care of your under eye area and it doesn't have to cost a lot and it just starts with treating the under eye area with a lot of love and gentleness um, so yeah, don't rub your eyes. Be really gentle when taking off your eye makeup. Be really gentle with rubbing your eyes. Um, and honestly, even with makeup, like a lot of times I see concealers that are so drying on that under eye area or people to get their makeup to stay will like, you know, like baking, they'll totally powder the area and my little heart hurts for the under eye area that's just thirsty. So I'm not saying not to do any of that stuff. Just be careful with what you're putting on that area because you have like one set of skin. That's That sounds weird. But you have like this one body. You have this one outer layer, your skin. And it's 
it's yours to take care of and you can't really get it back once damage has been done. So take care of it. It's like your teeth. Like get your dental cleanings done because once you screw up your teeth and they fall out, yeah, I guess you can get false teeth put in, but like take care of the teeth you have, right? And you don't go to the dentist and get your cleaning done and then never brush your teeth again for until the next year when you have a cleaning, right? Like take care of it every single day and know that like this is your skin to take care of right now to prevent damage from happening because once damage has happened, then you've just got to like try to fix it and there's really only so much you can do and then to try to fix the problem it involves like lasers and deeper chemical peels and just things that are probably unnecessary if you just take care of your skin in the first place right like take care of the organs in your body all of them your skin included and then you don't have to fix all the damage later so that's what I'm going to say about that Next question, should I still get facials if my acne has cleared up? So if you have had acneic skin and your face is cleared up and you attribute that to getting regular facials, then keep getting the facials, right? A lot of times our skin can clear up because we get facials and our esthetician recommends products to us that are a little bit better and that will help or maybe it was a diet change or maybe our hormones have balanced out so I guess figure out what you were doing that helped the acne clear up but I think if your budget and time allow it absolutely get facials like stay on top of it I feel like there's so many benefits of facials one of them just being that you're finally going to a skincare professional, an expert who's studied skin and can actually like diagnose what's going on or even just tell you what kind of skin you have or the type or where your acne is located and what that maybe is connected to. So I think getting a facial is great just because it's education for you, especially if you don't have a lot of education if you haven't studied skin a lot it's just good to talk to someone who can see your skin and who has experience helping skin um but yeah if your budget doesn't allow it then just doing at home facials like once a week um figuring out the best products for your skin if it's acne you're working on then getting a lot of clarifying products and things that are going to soothe the acne Um, If your skin is dry, getting a lot of really hydrating, moisturizing products, doing a mask, doing exfoliation, using warm towels on your face to steam everything. Like, you don't have to be getting a professional facial, you know, every couple weeks, once a month. If your budget allows it, great. Um, But also, if it doesn't, do an at-home facial. Like, give your skin a little spa day once a while, maybe once a week, maybe once every couple weeks. And I think one of the benefits of facials that we don't realize is that we're having someone massage our skin and getting all that blood flow and circulation happening. Facials last like an hour at least. So for an hour, you're having someone touch and rub your skin and getting like lymph and blood flowing and it's really detoxifying and that new blood is going to feed your skin. So I think we just forget how important the simplest things are just really getting in and rubbing your skin and like massaging and getting your muscles and blood and lymph going 
Um, so yeah, it can be as simple as that, as like taking the extra time to maybe not just use a makeup wipe and call it good, but to really get in there and cleanse your skin and really work your serums into your skin and your moisturizers and to get all of that new blood flowing. So yeah, it can be as simple as that even. Going along with that, something that just came into my head. So I have all of these skincare massages and methods um, going on that I practice all of the time that have been a total game changer for my skin. Things that I learned in aesthetic school, but also things that I've just like developed and picked up over the years that I'm going to start sharing with you guys. So be on the lookout for that because moving your skin in a very... Um, methodical way can just be a complete game changer and totally detoxify your face so yeah that's something that i'll be sharing pretty soon so get excited for that um but let's move on to the next question um let's see are expensive products worth it in terms of skincare Um, so I guess they can be, but here's the thing. You can buy complete crap products that are really expensive and complete crap products that are really inexpensive. You just got to look at the ingredients. Like for me, the older I get and the more into health and wellness I get, the more I realize that like the simplest of ingredients are the most effective. The cleaner the ingredients, the more effective it's going to be. So yeah, there can be some really good products that you can get at Whole Foods. Um, There can be some really good products that you get online at Sephora and the Derm Store and Credo Beauty. Um, And there can also be like really crap products you get at high-end designer stores and Sephora and all those places. So yeah, I don't think the dollar sign is indicative of how good the product works. Like read reviews read the ingredient labels but yeah it can be really simple like you can find really good products like I said at Whole Foods or a health food store or I mean maybe even like Target or Walmart I will say this about um drugstore because a lot of times people ask me like which drugstore products I like um and I'm not even trying to be like snooty about it but just a lot of times they're not as clean and I feel like that's something that I'm really focused on and so yeah if it's a clean skincare company that uses very few ingredients and they're ingredients that you recognize great like I don't even care how much it costs it can cost five dollars like great but a lot of those like bigger names like Neutrogena and Dove and all of these things like it's just not very clean there's a lot of synthetic products and chemicals that I just think are unnecessary so it has less to do with the dollar point and more to do with the quality of ingredients and how much filler they're adding like just all of the additives so do your education and um yeah look at the ingredient list read reviews um products that I love I love like I said Willetta I love the skin food I love Evan Healy. I love Coco Kind Skincare. I think that's what it's called. Um, There's so many good products. I love Dr. Hoshka's at Whole Foods. I love their um, Rose Day Cream, I believe that's what it's called. I adore the brand Living Libations. Um, I adore using just like really clean oils and botanical products because the things that you use end up in your bloodstream and get into your organs and affect you as a whole 
and that's going to show up on your skin as well. So just know what you're putting on your body because it gets into your body. But yeah, there's so many products out there that aren't expensive but are killer. Um, There's also products out there that are totally expensive and work really well and are full of really good ingredients. Like I said, Tata Harper, like I love that brand, but it is expensive. I also love Vinter's Daughter. I love their serum and that's expensive as well, but it's worth it. So yeah, just do your research. You don't have to spend a lot. You can spend a lot, um, but yeah. I do not think that the dollar sign is indicative of quality. I think ingredients can be very simple And I also think that there can be some formulas that are really expensive because it is very pure and they source really high quality ingredients and that'll that'll spike the price a little bit. But yeah, it doesn't need to and you don't need to. It can be very, very simple. Next question, hyperpigmentation and eczema on my face, what to do? Okay, you guys, so I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, but I see the skin as being a roadmap of our body. What's happening on our skin is showing us what's going on internally. So a lot of times skin issues, especially acne and hyperpigmentation and eczema, it's showing us of an internal imbalance. So I know it's so easy to get mad at our skin and to like want to attack it like we get acne and we just want to like use every harsh ingredient and pop it and extract everything and just like be at war with it. But change your perspective and just like be so grateful. Like say thank you to your skin for showing you what's going on Um, because it is. It's a roadmap of what's going on. So like if you're getting acne on your like lower half of your face chin jaw around the mouth that's usually a sign that there's a hormonal imbalance right i'm a huge fan of chinese facial mapping so like if you like look at the cheeks if you have acne on the cheeks um it's tied to like your digestive system there's an area on your face that's always like tied to a different area in your body so with eczema and with hyperpigmentation i think hyperpigmentation i mean it can be from the sun but i think it's always tied to hormones so getting your hormones checked getting your hormones balanced and i know we want just like to buy a product and have it take away everything But real healing is in going deep, like looking at your body, looking at your systems, looking at what food you consume, looking at the thoughts that you think and what you're manifesting in your body and how it's reflecting outwardly on your skin. Um, Eczema, like I think eczema is showing inflammation in the gut. So, and I'm not trying to like diagnose anyone here. This is just what I've found to be true and to be very common is that, yeah, there's some inflammation in the gut, which like no freaking wonder, like we hold so much stress in our gut and we're also eating so much chemically laden food and things that our body just like doesn't like. So I'd say if you're having skin issues, if it's hormonal, if it's um, eczema, if it's like hyperpigmentation, try for a week, try for 10 days, just cutting out dairy, like all dairy products. Um, I'm not even trying to make this like a vegan moral issue, but like our bodies weren't meant to process dairy because dairy is a product that was meant for 
baby cows just as like human breast milk was made for human babies and on top of that we're the only species that drinks milk after infancy like dairy like milk is so healthy for a baby cow it gives that baby cow everything it needs to grow drastically in a short amount of time so it's full of hormones like natural hormones to help the cow grow so if you're eating hormones hormones that weren't meant for you it's gonna affect your body and your hormones so um i know that like cheese and dairy and butter and like everything good is so hard to cut out but if your skin is struggling just try it like try it for a week try getting off of dairy try getting off of meat or only eating meat that has zero hormones in it that's like completely organic and grass-fed a couple other inflammatory foods are gluten i know i feel like people roll their eyes at like gluten-free But gluten is incredibly inflammatory, so I'm not saying like don't ever eat gluten, but try cutting back on gluten. Try getting as much gluten-free grain in as you can. Um, And then the other thing is caffeine. Like lay off caffeine, stop drinking soda, stop drinking coffee, stop just taking caffeine in high doses. So yeah, if you want to see like a drastic change in your skin, just as an experiment, try getting off of dairy, meat, um gluten caffeine and just see what happens see what happens after 10 days see what clears up after that you guys know i'm a huge medical medium fan and celery juice fan i've been doing it for a couple years and the power it has to really fix your digestive system is crazy Um, my skin totally healed when i was doing celery juice consistently if you can't do celery if you hate it Just getting like a really alkalizing green juice in every morning instead of reaching for like a sports drink or a coffee or a soda. I know in Utah here, I'll see like a line of minivans um, lined up at the soda shops at like 7 a.m. and all of these moms getting their soda fix right early in the morning. So if you can just like first thing in the morning give your body something that's going to be detoxifying like warm lemon water or something alkalizing like a green juice it just really preps your system and sets your day for a less inflamed gut which is going to help your skin because your skin is a roadmap for what's going on inside and is very 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 closely tied to your gut Next question, I have straight hair and want a perm so badly, should I just stick to waving it? Girl, you do you. Like I can't I can't tell you what to do. I know perms are super damaging, but I also think that Olaplex has a perm. Someone write me and tell me if that's true. Someone tell me if they've tried it, how their hair felt after. But I mean, yeah, I think we always want what we don't have, right? Um for me, I always wanted like stick straight hair and I have some wave to my hair and was so annoying and like natural volume like when I go to anywhere humid my hair puffs up like a lion and I hate it but we want what we can't have I would say just get some natural wave like go to sleep with damp braids like use your waver um use like a really good dry texturizing spray and just kind of fake it if you want to do a perm try to find an option 
that is far less toxic and damaging because you don't want to compromise the health of your hair. But yeah, I think there's so many options coming out that are a lot safer and healthier. Like I said, I think Olaplex has one. So yeah, do your research. If you try it, let us know what you think. Next question, do you use a dry brush? I'm looking into one and would love your thoughts. I dry brush every single day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes morning and night. I love dry brushing. I adore it. I have noticed such a change. I've been doing it for a few years now, but in like the tone and texture of my skin in its elasticity and how smooth it is, I tend to think, and maybe people will disagree with me, but I think that cellulite is showing us where there's a little bit of toxicity in our body and it's I see cellulite as maybe stuck energy like I'm so into energy and releasing energy and releasing blocks and um, I'll explain more about this later probably in a different podcast but I just think it's energy that needs to move through it's toxins that need to move through so I love dry brushing for working with the lymphatic system for helping to detoxify the body. So yeah, I love dry brushing. Um, I have a couple dry brushes I really love. One is from Amazon, I think. Actually, I have a couple more um, that I got from Goop. But yeah, I would just say get a natural bristle bristle brush and I will link a few that I love. Um, I'm also going to be releasing like an official dry brushing guide. So look to that. If you're curious about it, if you want to know how I do it and how I've really seen changes in my skin and in my body from dry brushing, wait for that guide because it is coming out soon. But yeah, I love dry brushing. It's absolutely something I believe in and I've seen dramatic results. So yeah, I'd say totally implement that. Okay, I'm going to do a couple more questions. I feel like I've been talking for so long, and I honestly never know how long these podcasts are going to be. I always think I'm going to be talking for like 30 to 45 minutes, and it ends up being over an hour, especially when I'm interviewing someone. I just can't be brief. Like, I want to talk about everything in length, and I could always talk to my guests for another few hours. So I'm going to try to keep this short, and I'll do another one of these. Um, Next question is teeth whitening tips. So I have never really used um, professional teeth whitening. I have a brother that's a dentist and I'm always like asking him to bleach my teeth. But for the longest time, I used Crest White Strips, which I kind of think bleach is bleach. Um, But I don't use Crest White Strips anymore. I've been loving the, I believe it's called Luminex. Is that what it's called? Luminex, um, the whitening strips by Oral Essentials. And it's just a more natural option. I think you can find some of them at Whole Foods, or I should say some Whole Foods carry them. If not, you can get them online. Um, So I've been loving those. As well as for the past couple years, I've been regularly oil pulling and I know some people will like roll their eyes at it, but I tend to love natural, like natural methods and oil pulling is an ancient Ayurvedic practice. So it's been around for a really long time Um, and I love Ayurvedic medicine. So yeah, I get an oil um, online on Amazon and it's a mint flavored oil because I know you can use like regular coconut oil or sesame oil 
But I started off using coconut oil and could never cook with coconut oil or eat coconut oil ever again, and it ruined it for me. So I found this oil online that I absolutely love, and each morning I will scrape my tongue to get all of that gunk that comes up each night when you're sleeping off of my tongue, out of my mouth, and then I'll oil pull to get all of those toxins pulled. And I've noticed that oil pulling totally lightens my teeth. It brightens my smile up. So yeah, and I will do it. I know online they'll tell you to oil pull for like 30 minutes, but I have like a mouth that's claustrophobic and I'll start gagging. So I usually do it for like 10 to 15 minutes. I will put the oil in. Sometimes I'll do it while I'm taking a bath or I'll do it during my cold shower in the morning. Um, And then while I'm putting the hot water on the stove in my little kettle while I'm making tea. So I usually oil pull while I'm setting up for my morning because you guys know I love my magical mornings. And so while I'm prepping for my morning, getting my beverages ready, getting my body ready, um, getting dressed, I will oil pull and I've noticed that that totally helps in brightening my smile. Next question and this, let's just make this the last question. What are your top three holy grail desert island beauty items? Wow, what a question. So let's think. What are like my top three? Um, so I would have to say, hmm, I'm going to say a really good oil because... Like I said a little bit earlier, I love living by living libations products and I love their oils and I think that they can act as a cleanser plus a moisturizer. Like I love her sea buckthorn oil. Um, so I would take that with me. I also think, let's see. So I'm going to kind of out myself on something. Um, I haven't been wearing sunscreen as much lately which is like the cardinal sin of every esthetician, dermatologist, like everyone, and have been practicing heliotherapy, which is like sun therapy. And I know that this kind of goes against like everything that I have ever talked about and was taught in aesthetic school. Um, But for a really long time, I just kept wondering why something so good for every other system in the world could be so bad for humans like why is the sun so bad for humans but it's great for animals it's great for the planet it helps plants to thrive but it's bad for me and I've been doing all this research on sunscreens and the chemicals in sunscreens and how they're actually activated in the sun to be carcinogenic so cancer causing and how when we block out one of the rays, the A, the UVA or the UVB, we need both of those rays in order for the sun to not be dangerous. But when you're wearing sunscreen, you're actually blocking out one of those rays, which makes the sun dangerous. It's kind of this like chicken and the egg thing. But we've kind of just demonized the sun, which is like our greatest life source. And we also have all of these ideas about the sun. Um, 
which I feel like our thoughts manifest our reality. So if we think something is going to be really bad for us, it totally is. So yeah, guys, I've been experimenting lately and I will do a podcast on this later when I have more experience and information. But yeah, this is something that I just naturally felt curious about why the sun is demonized. And so I did a lot of research and there's a few people that are like, leaders like thought leaders in this movement that I've been following so I'm just doing this little experiment and I'll talk more about it later I feel like I'm gonna get hate mail after this but yeah so I don't know if I'd actually say taking sunscreen with me um but yeah like a really good healing oil um so probably that living libations sea buckthorn oil and then maybe I would say a really good brow gel I feel like I'm kind of nothing without brows so a brow gel that's also like fiber pack that helps to build um so I really like boy brow by Glossier I really like the benefit one that's similar to that I feel like they're both really good um in filling in sparse areas and also making them look pretty bushy so I wouldn't have to take a brow pencil and a gel or like soap brow which I also love but yeah I take like a really good fiber building brow gel and then the last thing I take or my last like holy grail beauty item would be a really good bio-fermented supplement or powder that I could add in because Like I've said, I think our internal health is always going to be reflected on our skin externally. And I love good like probiotic enriched foods to help support gut health. Um, So I would say I love the glow powder from the beauty chef. It's this like bio-fermented powder that I add to yogurts and smoothies and I have noticed such a difference it's made in my skin with just brightening everything up and letting my skin glow really naturally. So I think if you get the inside right, the outside will follow suit. I truly believe that. This year, more than ever, I've tried to experiment on this. I think on my Instagram once I shared that the entire year, I haven't purchased anything at Sephora I haven't purchased anything at Ulta actually you know what that's a lie I did one time purchase a brow gel and a CC cream that I'd run out of and those are like the two things that I'm always using but on top of that I've just more than ever wanted to really experiment on this to show myself that when you get the inside right when you're eating the right things when you're eating things that support gut health, um, that support a really radiant, thriving body, when you're consuming material and information and thoughts that are really beautiful, when you're feeding your spirit, I really wanted to see how that affected your external body, my external body, and it's been so cool to see. So I think Your food is medicine. Medicine is your food. I think your thoughts are medicine. I think your beliefs, your spirit. I think if you get the inside right, the outside will follow suit. And this year more than ever, I've met so many beautiful people who are truly, like truly physically the most beautiful people I've ever seen who have that lit from within glow, who are like light and bright and radiant and glowing 
and none of it has to do with their skincare or what highlighter they're wearing. So these are all things that I've really been working on and when I feel like I have enough experience and when I feel like I can share and can teach you, I would love to because I think that beauty is a reflection of what's going on internally, right? It's like that Roald Dahl quote of, what does it say? When you have beautiful thoughts, they'll shine out of your face like diamonds and you'll always look lovely. I'm sure I got that wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Like, you'll just be lit from within. And so, yeah, I would say my three products are a really good oil that cleanses and heals and protects from the sun, a natural oil like that sea buckthorn from Living Libations, a good brow gel, and something for gut health, like a really good bio-fermented product like the glow powder. So yeah, that's it. I hope that any of these answers from your questions are helpful and that they've been expanding for you guys. Um, Again, I'll do another one of these and maybe we can do another subject. We can do another beauty one. We can do a spirituality one. We can do a health and wellness one or a plant-based eating Q&A because I think these are so fun. I've loved reading your questions. I'm sorry for all of the questions that I didn't get to, but I hope that these answers have been beneficial for you. I love you all. I love this tribe. I love my Instagram family and my podcast family if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, but I am so grateful for all of the love, all of the support and for you guys just contributing and reaching out to me and asking me questions and letting me share with you the things that light me up and that I'm curious about and that I think are totally binge-worthy. If you guys haven't already, I so, so, so appreciate when I get honest reviews on the podcast on Apple iTunes. Um, so if you love the podcast, if you don't, whatever, um, yeah, if you love it, share it, rate it, review it, because that helps me so much and it helps the word to spread. It helps Cafe Binge to grow and expand. So yeah, I would be so appreciative if you guys gave Cafe Binge a rating and reviewed it. Um, But yeah, until next time, love you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Cafe Binge podcast. Until next time, May you notice all the wonderful, beautiful, binge-worthy parts of your day. Squeeze out every last drop, taste them, cherish them, because life was meant to be beautiful. Find me at cafebinge.com or on Instagram at cafebinge. Take me out to Cafe Binge tonight.